everyone, and welcome to Grip Lock Foundation Dispels Weekly Podcast. I'm Hunter, joined as always by Trevor and Connor. And before we get into today's episode, let's take a moment to hear from our sponsors. Manscaped product alert! <laughs> it said to insert sirens, so I did. Uh, I respect, respect. You asked for it and they listened. Our friends at Manscaped just brought back the ultra smooth package. It's time to stop, drop, and order this premium shaving kit. Everyone knows by now the Lawnmower 4.0 is the best electric shave for your balls, but... If you're looking for a closer shave to go bare down there, then the Ultra Smooth Package is the perfect set. It's time to shave that bush of yours and get right to the roots with a discount just for you. Get 20% off and free shipping at manscaped.com with the code GRIPLOCKED. The Ultra Smooth Package is a specialized groin shaving kit to help you buff, protect, and smooth your most sensitive areas. I'm talking the Crop Shaver Razor, Crop Exfoliator, and Crop Gel. Men, you no longer have to borrow your lady's razor for that precise trim. But first, you'll want to grab your handy lawnmower 4.0 and give your boys a classic trim to your liking to get the loose hairs out of the way. And then, take out the Manscaped Ultra Smooth Package to get that closer shave. Step one, crop exfoliator. Infused with ingredients that can soothe, clear, and keep the skin on and around your groin feeling refreshed, the crop exfoliator can help reduce the risk of ingrown hairs in your delicate places. Step two, the crop gel. See where you're shaving with our unique clear shaving gel just for the groin. With four essential oils, it's like a spa treatment every time you shave. And step three, it's time to shave. The crop shaver was designed for shaving the groin area with confidence. This razor has three precision blades, including extra wide lubricating strips and a pivoting head for the ultimate groin grooming experience. And the crop shaver is not just your average razor. It's smaller, thicker, with a micro comb bar that allows for the best shave possible from any angle. All three of these cruelty-free, sulfate-free products are included, so you know your manhood is in good hands without compromise. It's time to get up close and personal with the best tools for the job, the Ultra Smooth Package from Manscaped. And don't forget, you can get 20% off and free shipping with the code GRIPLOCKED at manscaped.com. That's 20% off and free shipping with the code, one word, GRIPLOCKED over at manscaped.com. And uh, yeah, thanks again to Manscaped. Your balls will thank you. All right. This past weekend, we had a Silver Series go down over at Masters Cup. If you're wondering, if you're watching on... Uh, Are we going to talk about Ricky's knee? Yeah. Okay. If you're watching <laughs> on... Like, that's, that was blowing my mind. If you're watching on uh, YouTube right now and you're wondering what the heck you're looking at on the back, this is just a March Madness bracket. Yeah. We, we ran, ran out, out of paper, paper man. So it I had happens. to print on it. So that's what you're staring at this whole time. This person predicted the Gonzaga to win 82-79 over Auburn. So that was my person. Incorrect. Um, anyways, Masters Cup. Let's go over some results really quick, and then we'll get into storyline. So on MPO, we had Gannon Burr taking it down over Matteo and James Comrade tied for second. And on wow. FPO, we had Sarah Hokum taking it down with Katrina Allen and Ella Hansen tied for second. But the first storyline Trevor just brought up comes from before the even turn, tournament even started, which was Ricky had to drop out due to a Lyme disease flare-up that caused his knee Is that what he decided? Swell. Yeah, he tweet, that's what he tweeted. Okay. Yeah. Well, the um, original tweets, it seemed like he didn't know. I'll verify unless it was someone else that said okay, that. Okay, because originally he just kind of said he had massive swelling, and then the second one was just like, oh, by the way, this isn't due to the water fast that I did. Because I, like, I don't know why people would assume that was a thing. Well, but. it was just the... Um, it was just the, uh, he like tweeted about this water fast he was doing, which was fascinating. Yeah. And then, um, it just happened right after, but yeah, I mean, I guess he didn't say Lyme. Yeah. Maybe someone else said it was due to Lyme. Somebody. I could have swore, I could have swore he Did said, he reply to somebody saying maybe he replied to someone. Regardless, you can find a picture over on his Twitter pretty of nasty. how massive his knee swelled up. I think the, on, uh, I think on So it just like swelled up. It wasn't like an injury. It Correct. Was like, he couldn't walk on it. Wow. But yeah, it just like, it just popped up. Okay, he did. He responded to someone and said, do you have Lyme too? Because someone said, mine did this for a couple weeks ago for some weird reason, felt super tight when I bent my knee. So, so he's investigating. Yeah, he's trying to figure it out. Well, I'm pretty sure... Inspector Rick. Uh, uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure... Well, because he's had like he's had uh, joint swell up before from Lyme. But yeah, you can see his, the, tw- the picture over on Twitter. His knee, extremely swollen. By the end of the tournament, he was able to be out there walking and supporting. That's good. Um, he said he was limping around. So... Uh, hopefully this week he'll be back to where he can play and practice leading up to the OTB Open this yeah, weekend. Yeah, it'll be interesting yeah. to see if he's I mean, ready I feel like go. this was kind of the right time for it to happen if it was during a If season. you're going to miss something, yeah. missing a Silver Series, the Masters that's Cup, the best yeah. thing. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, still, you know, something that obviously hopefully it's a quick turnaround. If it was a Lyme flare-up, obviously that's not good, but it's better than it being like a injury injury. Right. Of yeah, like a right. torn ACL or something crazy. Mm-hmm. So there's no signs that it's anything like that. Um, on commentary, they definitely said it was from Lyme. So I'd imagine, mm. I'd imagine they talked to him or something. But regardless, his knee swelled up, so he had to drop out. 
on the FPO side, Ella Hanse going into the final round had a pretty commanding lead. It was looking like how much of a lead did she have? I want to say I, I she obviously wasn't like over the people who won. It was like five and six. Yeah, over the next person on her card, I want to say it was like four or five. It's pretty bad. I think. Uh, she had at least a three-plus stroke lead going to the final round because um, I remember looking at it thinking, oh, I actually, back to Twitter we go because I remember tweeting a picture of the final round lead card and saying Ella Hansen had a solid round to hold on. Um, man, I tweet quite a bit. Look at you, man. Look at me go. She had a three-stroke lead. So she had three on Owen Scoggins and then five on Maria Oliva and Jessica Weiss as well as Sarah so She Hogan. had at least five on the on the two that caught her. Yes. <laughs> Um, because she was uh, she was at two over going to the final round. Own Sagagans was at five over. Maria Oliva and Jessica Weiss, who are also in the lead car, were both at seven over. And then Sarah Hokum and Katrina Allen came storming back. Yeah. And as we all already said, Sarah Hokum ended up taking it down from the chase card. This was Sarah Hokum's first win on a Silver Series or better in a little over a year. Well, wow. thirteen months. It was last April she won a Silver Series. Wow. Um, so it's it's been a little bit, and yeah, because she got on. Uh, she said something in like the interview of like they're not skunking me this year or something like that, mm. um, which made me look into it. But um, yeah, Ella had built a pretty sizable lead at Day Law, but was unable to hold on to the lead at the golf course. And like I said, uh, Katrina Allen and Sarah Hokum actually both ended up shooting. I believe it was seven under par, um, which was a very hot round out at the the golf course. And Sarah had cat by one going into the round. Which also, can we talk about the commentator calling Katrina Allen cat Allen? Allen for the entirety of the event. Here's it like, okay, and I don't, there might be backstory to this. Like maybe Katrina literally told him, hey, like I, I'd like you to call me cat Allen on the broadcast. But if not, like the way nicknames work, if you're new to them, is like you typically don't throw in a well, like, last name. I was going to say, calling Katrina Cat. It's one thing to say Cat, like, oh, and Cat did this, but, like, to say, like, her name's Katrina Allen. Yeah, Cat like, Allen was, like, it wasn't, it wouldn't, it didn't bother me the first, like, two or three times, but then it was, like, uh, every time it. she threw, it was the first time, Yeah, the first Kat time Allen. he said it, I was kind of like, I will. However, I haven't heard say, it put that way. Yeah. I will say, the same commentary team, right? FPO, they had themselves a little bit of a time a lot of it was due to there was like a bunch of weird scoring stuff going on that yeah. wasn't their fault. Um, so I think that that was like really causing some confusion. They called a lot of stuff to like putting for par when she was actually putting for bogey yeah. and the scores were constantly changing. I don't know what was going on on the ground that was causing all that to happen. Can't give the commentary too much crap for that, no, but yeah, it did make it, it did make it confusing. Once they got to MPO, I'm, you know what? I'm, here's what I'll say. Cause this has been a thing throughout. I think that some of the best commentators for the Disc Golf Pro Tour are on Silver Series events. I think Charlie Eisenhood has done an incredible job. Brian Earhart, when he's been in the in the booth, he obviously yeah. does a great job on the ground, but even in the booth, he did a good job. And then um, this guy from the PDGA, that his name just completely slipped my mind, Gret, is it Grant? I don't know. The guy who does the uh, interviews after. Zell something. Grant Zell. Dang it, Hunter. He's like the director. But anyways, he was the one doing play-by-play. He did a really good job. And he also did a great job with the interviews. They like remoted him in for the interviews after. I thought he's been a great addition interview wise after the rounds. The interviews have really stepped up. Um, but I think the the Pro Tour has some of their better commentary teams doing Silver Series right now. Yeah, because uh, they're every time I watch a Silver Series live, I'm like, wow. I always think that. Got going I, yeah, I always think that that this guy this guy to me was fine. He seemed to, in the FPO. He seemed like a little bit just out. He just seemed like he needed a little more practice, but like he was fine. Like there were just some things that happened where like he would even, he would even like, he would admit that he made a mistake and like say, like change what he said, but it was probably less, best to just let it go. Um, but like, you can tell like he knows what he should be doing. And, and Charlie, Charlie to me has always been like very much fine. Um, like he doesn't, he's definitely like easy to listen to, but he yeah. doesn't like really add anything, but I'm okay with that. Yeah. So I think Charlie's fine. I still think Terry is the best. I I love I love when Terry's in the booth. But yeah. these guys are these guys are are fine. Yeah, they're not um, they're not bad. I would love to see a Terry Brian Earhart. What happens there? Yeah, yeah. I mean Terry, te- I Terry if you will. Terry with <laughs> Terry with Sexton and Earhart on the ground would be ideal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, Sexton, I think as soon as Sexton's done playing officially, he's got himself a job in the booth. Yeah. 
for sure. If he wants it. If he wants it. Uh, but back to Ella Hansen, this was this did end up being her best finish at a Silver Series or better in her career. Her previous best was th- third, and this was obviously a tie for second. Um, she's still on the up and up. Now, we did previously call this a can't-lose tournament for Katrina Allen going to the weekend. So what does this loss mean for her in your eyes? I mean, yeah, it's... I don't... It's it is difficult because I think that Daylaw is such a random course. Um, like you saw, basically you saw it happen. You know, everybody went up to Daylaw, kind of chopped it up, and then as soon as you get back to more traditional course that's being played on tour, Katrina, you know, tore to shreds. However, you know, she got herself in position to win, and then kind of gave it away. Went OB on the last two holes in a row, um, especially on seventeen. That was very costly. Yeah. So. Yeah, that's tough. I mean, that, I, she should have won this tournament because all she had to do was play. I mean, she played awful at Daylaw. I think it was the second round in particular that was really bad. Or maybe it was the first. It might have been the first round. Um, but, yeah, I, I think that it was It was definitely – I'm sure she's kicking herself because that's one you just got to kind of pick up when a lot of the better players aren't in the field. Yeah, no, exactly. I think – I mean, I don't think it meant – she was able to stay in contention. Like, she was able to get into second, finish in second. That was important. The final day when she was in, I want to say she was in, like, fifth or sixth. That would have been bad. Yeah, yeah. Uh, because, again, Paige Pierce wasn't there. Valerie Mandahana wasn't there. I don't even think Haley King was there. A lot of the, like, pl- players that she's regularly competing against at the top weren't there that weekend. So, if you come in, like, fifth or sixth, then, like, you have to add in those players. You're like, oh, my word, that's, like, outside the top ten finish when you think right. of it that way. She was able to still get to where she had a chance to win. Like you said, she went to be on 17 and on 18. 17 was the crucial one. Um, I mean, what does it mean for her? I mean, it, it hurts, but it's not. It's still, at the end of the day, it was a Silver Series. So it's, yeah. it's still, yeah. it hurts, but it it wasn't like, it wasn't good. Wasn't that bad. Mm-hmm. We'll put it that Could way. Could have been worse. Could have been worse. That's a good way to put it. Could have been worse. Yeah. People just like, Dela always creates the weirdest scores. Yeah. Um. So it's really hard for me to like understand it. Although, admittedly, on the MPO side, it didn't do anything crazy unpredictable. Speaking of Dela, I got the Twitter world riled up, and it led to a very funny sequence of events, at least to me, that people didn't understand. I completely forgot it happened, which was even funnier to me. So I tweeted, where am I at? So I tweeted, uh, Daylaw posted, or the Pro Tour posted a thing defining Daylaw, which is something that in disc golf gets talked about a lot, right? Like mm-hmm. a bad rollaway happens and you're like, you got Daylaw, even if you're not at Daylaw. Right. Yeah. So I tweeted and said, if a course is so known for rollaways and bad breaks that we can just nickname a rollaway after the course, it might be time to move on. Valid point. Valid point. Mm-hmm. I knew it was going to get people riled up. It always does. Daylaw has an army. It always does. One person I didn't expect to get riled up was Paul, <laughs> and he ratioed the freaking crap out of me. Well, I mean, he, he's from California. He responded and said, one of the few courses left on tour that requires touching angles, most bad rolls happen on shots that are offline or not in the fairway. Guess he must not have thrown many of those shots. So he he weekend. replied with that and got like 400 likes to my like 200, 130 to 400. Um, Which sounds like valid points. Yeah. And so I first thing I did was I quote tweeted it. Because I, I saw myself he, getting he's not, he's not wrong in the sense that it is definitely a lot different than anything else on the tour. The first thing I did is I quote tweeted it. And I said, well, I mean, if you put it that way. Because I was like, I saw myself getting destroyed. And I was like, oh, boy. So mm-hmm. then I was like, oh, this will be hilarious. I'll just take Paul's and act like he just... Because people always accuse us of not having original thoughts. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they like just spewing what Paul and Brody tell us. And so I was like, I'll just literally do that. Joke didn't fully land. Some people thought it was hilarious. <laughs> so I, so Paul said, one of the few courses left on tour that requires touching angles. Most bad rollaways happen on bad shots. They're offline. Okay. I said, you know, if you really think about it, Dela is one of the few courses left on tour that require touching it. And I just copy and pasted his tweet in. So yeah. I said, you know, if you really think about it, and then copy and pasted it. Several people got it. And then immediately some people were like, wow, really? You're going to take a shot at him like that? And I was like, what? And so Paul ended up texting me and he was like, are you mocking me or is that a joke? Because like he saw people responding, mm-hmm. I think he was saying the same thing. Like, what the heck? I was like, dude, I was just joking. Like, I was trying to make a funny. You gotta know better than. I was like, to I was trying to make a funny situation yeah. out of something you responded. He goes, okay. He's like, I, what? Like, you didn't think I was coming after you? Right? I was like, 
no, I knew you weren't coming after me. Like, no one was coming after anyone. That it's was like a Paul funny wouldn't situation. have thought it was weird except for everybody commenting and being like, Exactly. Wow. People yeah. were responding to him and me being like, first to him being like, oh, wow, calling are, out Hunter. And then people responding to me it, are like, you know oh, what? wow, calling out guys, Paul. If you guys like, want real drama, what? I'll give it to you. I'm going to start, <laughs> I'm gonna start, I'm gonna start <laughs> tweeting actual dramatic things. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe it'll just be fake. I don't know. But like, goodness, if you total if you're drama that, disc golf, yeah, if you're that desperate for it, like that was pretty funny. How how crazy would it would a stamp sell if we made a foundation stamp that was like foundation, but it was the TMZ logo? That would be that would be, be awesome. Yeah. So I think that nuts. I there were so many things I wanted to respond to because people were just like reaching at thin air left and right of like mm-hmm. trying to tie this into like some elaborate scheme of things yeah. that happened and I was like we here's what the thing. I can't even like that was a funny tweet just give you me credit for that being a funny tweet that's all I was doing nah, dude, they're they're trying to take you down you already know there's more drama on tour than gets out because like those people are, like literally spend like every weekend with each other like there's definitely drama oh yeah it's got to be so like like we just need more of that to get out to the public so they can fulfill their disc golf drama needs like you don't yeah. even, you don't even know what's that's going my on. favorite thing is like I feel like 99% of stuff I tweet not drama filled right but people try to make it drama-esque right, right and then people will respond and be like this is why i can't stand foundation they just stir up drama like disc golf doesn't need drama and i'm like what like y'all created the drama like i just <laughs> i sent a tweet about how i don't like daylight and also, then everyone starts thinking i'm taking shots drama at is great for disc golf as yeah. long as it's not like as long as it's not like true like like high school drama but even that, you know, drama is one of those things where it's like if it's like drama it, keeps people when interested. it when it surrounds the players, not the sport. Like yeah, so when it's when it's between the players, like it gets people talking about disc golf. You know? And that's what happened. People, a lot of people were saying like yeah, every sport uh, has drama. People were saying how like F one Drive to Survive that show did a lot for F one and the growth of F one. They're like, we need that for disc golf. And the Pro Tour, I believe, is kind of doing something similar. It can't be from within disc golf. Because what it needs to be, if you want it to do... Because like what it did to F1, from what I understand, people within F1 don't like Drive to Survive. Because it did a very reality TV show thing where it like created drama where there wasn't drama. Yeah, right. Story and like, lines. Exactly. Mm-hmm. If you want that same type of reaction to happen, it would have to be someone outside of Disc Golf to come in and do reality TV things. Yeah. yeah. And, because like if someone within disc golf, it's gonna try to paint everything in a good positive light. Mm-hmm. Nothing wrong with that, you know, showing your sport in a positive light. That's not gonna reach people outside, because like that's not what your people sitting at home that are getting fed trash nonstop from every other angle. They don't want just like oh here's a sport. Oh everyone who plays this sport likes each other's and happy. Like no, no. Yeah. They want reality TV. So if you actually wanted that to happen. It would have to be an outside film crew, and things would get stirred up. Whether that's it good is. for the sport or not, I yeah. don't know. But would it, it be, would entertaining? be entertaining? Absolutely, be very entertaining. And it would probably be even more entertaining from being inside the sport and be able to watch. And be like that's not true. <laughs> like, yeah. like that's not how that person Just feels at what, all. See what narratives they create. Yeah, like see what narratives they came up with. I don't know. I think that they wouldn't have to come up with too many narratives. No, there would be a lot some of crazy stuff. There would be some that just created themselves. But like yeah. in in Formula One, the biggest one was they pitted. Max Verstappen and Lewis Hamilton mm-hmm. at each other's necks yeah. at a time where Max and Lewis and and they put Daniel Ricardo in there at a time when those three like actually weren't and then Max was like this is stupid I don't want a part of this mm-hmm. and so he like stepped back and so what did they do the next season they painted Max as like this cheating villain just because he didn't want to do interviews and so then they just like painted him in this awful light and what I believe actually happened now is now the people who like they painted as not liking Max genuinely mm-hmm. don't like Max anymore mm-hmm. because now they watch the show and how it's cut together and it yeah. makes Max and Red Bull look like they're doing a bunch of stuff that like either they're not or like the way it's cut. So like now there actually is drama Man, that's been created television. by Formula One. Poor Nico, television if, if a crew ever got a hold of hold a disc off, man, Nico would get slandered to death. That's the thing is someone would they'd be just, the they'd grab a hold of whatever they could. Someone find. would fall on the sh- on a sword is what would happen. Someone would have to get like. Demolished for the show to be successful. Yeah, well, like who would, who would be like? Because like Nico aside, because you know Nico, like people call him the villain of disc golf, but he's not really. Like no. who would no. who would be, like the villain? Who would be turned into one? Who would be turned into? I one think one? it would either be Paul or Rick. 
I think they would. They I think they would try to pit them against each other so much, and one of them would be mm. like, "I don't want to do like th- no, that's not how I, I feel." Think it'd be Rick. And whoever was like, "No, that's not how I feel," would get dragged. I think it would be Rick. Yeah, so one of the two would be like, because that that's like how the show make, would work. It's like I the two that are like going at each other nonstop. They'd pit them against each other. I don't know. I and then one of them would like, turn into the villain. I feel like. Yeah, but I feel like if you're just looking at the two personality-wise, it's easier to turn Paul into a villain because he's quieter and has That's true. doesn't have as strong of a personality. That's true. So he's like, he's it's e- I, it I would think be easy it would to make him look like the serious, like I'm coming out. I think it would around. literally come down to which one called them called the TV producers on their crap first. Yeah, and the yeah, first yeah. one that was like, guys, that's not what I said. That's not how I felt. We'll get dragged. Boom, <laughs> boom. So all right, all right, crazy. fine. Don't show up for interviews anymore. See what we can do. And then it's like, oh frick. You're crazy. now the enemy. <laughs> so I don't think we want that. Is what I'm, yeah, never saying. mind. It doesn't sound as good anymore. Would it be entertaining? Absolutely. Would it be uh, good for yeah. disc golf, the growth of disc golf? Probably. Yeah. Would it be good for the internal structure of disc golf? No. <laughs> so you just got to pick your battles, is what we're saying here, you know? So Netflix, pass. Pass, yeah. No, Hard yeah, pass. Sorry, yeah. Netflix. No, yeah, <laughs> I know you want us. We don't there. want you. I'll email them back. Okay, good. Yeah. I, you, I know I know you're just dying to get disc golf on Netflix, but, but we don't we're not interested. Sorry. Back to what actually happened in the real world. Gannon Burr, massive storyline. Just because he's finally able to do it. He actually said on 18 he tapped out with the distortion that he threw long at Las Vegas. Wow. That he like like in his head that was the disc that if he would have just thrown it better. That like glided too much on him on 18 uh, at Las Vegas Challenge and cost him the tournament in his mind. Mm-hmm. So he tapped out with it as like a redemption for him uh, to because for the win he was able to fend off Conrad, Matteo, and Chris Clemens. They were all right there. It was a pretty stacked field. I mean Dickerson was missing, Ricky was missing, but I think Heinberg was missing. So three of the top guys were missing. But so it wasn't really a stacked field. Well, no, but like the <laughs> those three guys were missing. Yes. But the rest of like the top fifteen people, yeah, no, like it wasn't was still, it wasn't a cakewalk there was win. Still plenty. It, there of guys. there have been a lot of easier silver series to win yeah, than this there was one. Still plenty of guys. Yeah, that's what, that's what I was trying to say. Like, was it? Obviously, it's a silver series, so it already isn't a same caliber as a top elite yeah. series win. But it also wasn't a top elite series no. field. But it was a strong silver series field. Yeah, Gannon's flat out incredible. Like, yeah, he may be the best of all time. He had a shot. The like, shot that I think he, sealed 17? it was, uh, yeah, he just turned 17 yeah. a few days ago, yeah. um, which someone actually looked up the youngest player to ever win Worlds. Someone in like 84 won it at, seven, at 17, apparently. Interesting. Mm. Fact check that. Yeah. Um, I, I Don't check me on 84. Someone responded with a, to a tweet. Uh, it was Sam something. But anyways, he just turned 17 recently. I think the shot that locked it in was, I want to say it was hole 14. He threw a, a decent-looking drive. You're supposed to get high left on this hole. He threw a decent-looking drive, hit a tree, though, and it rolled back down this hill like 80, 90 feet on this golf course. Conrad was in position to where he's looking at the basket. Uh, and so Gannon's still decent ways out, can't see the basket, throws a hyzer. It skipped like there's a golf bunker that's a hazard. It skipped like less than a foot on the other side of it and then skipped and just stuck in the thick grass that was like touching the pen. And so he didn't even know how good of a shot it was because like there wasn't a lot of people up around the green, so like a few people clapped. But then like he walked up and he had a, a drop in birdie. When after his tee shot, he was by far the most out of position, and it was looking like if he pars this, Conrad birdies it. I think they're going to be tied after that. Yeah. But then he birdied it, and Conrad birdied it, kept him up one. Wow. So. Sam Farrens. Sam Farrens. seventeen years old. Yeah, there it is. Mm. So Gannon could tie for the youngest player to win Worlds if he won Worlds this year. Which is definitely possible. He's proving to be one of the best players in the world. Oh yeah! As a sixteen, now seventeen he's year old, legit, which is insane. He's insane. Yeah, I think he he's the best ever at this age. He's got to be close up there. Yeah. 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 All right. So that's Masters Cup. With that all being said, it's time for the fan favorite segment, Mister Professor Trevor's trivia. All right, Doctor <laughs> PhD. <laughs> Here's what we're going to do. PhD in school in these nerds. Am I right? PhD discs. Yeah, baby. Today's <laughs> today's um question, today's trivia is all about lefties. You need a you need a theme song. Happy birthday. <laughs> hey man, that's confidential. Um it's all about lefties. So False. Then the goal of the game 
<laughs> Dang it, dude. Fine. Paul McBeth. You got it. <laughs> the goal of the game is to... This is the um, active top lefties right now by oh, um, by total cash. Okay. Um, See if you can see if you can guess. Them. Oh, we're just saying who they are. One, two, three, four, five, six. There's seven of them. See if you can get them in order. Seven? I don't even. I don't know seven lefties. <laughs> I can think of Is two. Is it Austin Hannum? Austin Hannum, uh, lefty. No. Who am I thinking of? Chris Clements. Bri- Brian Earhart. Earhart. He doesn't even play anymore. Well, he is lefty. Though. All right, I think number one, active lefties. Actually, I just realized I have Earhart on this list. I think it might Boom. be. Boom. Oh, take might that, have been right Hunter. We're a team Sorry. right now. We're a team. Take that, Hunter. There you go. Might have been right before they were, he retired. So. Chris Clemens is number one. I he think. is, yeah. Uh, uh, I'm thinking, see, that's about as far as I was confident. Number two is kind of a tricky one. Ryan Shoemate. <laughs> so, I think, is Corey Ellis a lefty? Hmm. Okay, didn't think so. <laughs> Dang. Once you said West Virginia, he's immediately went. Okay, I think Zach Melton's number two. Oh, yeah, there we go. Zach no. Melton. All right. He's number four. Oh, well, I didn't wow. know you were creating the whole list for us. <laughs> I think Brian Earhart's number two. No. He's number six. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm good like that. He said it earlier. Yeah. Okay, All right, so we have it. one, four, and six in place. Who, what lefties? Those are the three lefties I, I was confident. I was, about, I was about to say what lefties are between... Uh, Wait, who, who, who was, else who is a lefty? Clemens and who else is a lefty? I can't think There's of any. There's a lefties. very sneaky one that um, you'll only really be able to. Well, no, you'll you know who this player is, but it's sneaky, and it and the reason mm, I'm not gonna say anymore. Are they like an MP40 or something? No. Hmm. Dang. I don't know any lefties. I'll be completely honest. I've said the three lefties I know. I can't think of any more. When you said seven so on tour, you. that shocked me. Okay. Um, give me, give wait, me, wait, wait, wait. Give me number seven. Wait, wait. Hold on. Is, uh, is, um, for some reason I'm thinking that, what's his name is lefty? Yeah. Uh, da, 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 da. Bazooka. Albert Tam's not lefty. Albert Tam's not lefty? No. Why do I, wait, 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 wait. Read read Frascara. He's on here. Oh! <laughs> He's a lefty. Yeah. He's number three. He's number four. You already have four. He's number two. He's number five. Read Frascara. So I'm, I'm really proud of myself. We got for four, five, that. seven. You know what? I forgot that guy existed. <laughs> and I also couldn't I tell thinking, you what he looked like. I was thinking the water skip shot. And that and Albert Tan was also in that wow. tournament. Nice. Good, good recollection. Yeah. You know what? I'm tapped out. Um, You've stumped me. <laughs> Number, I don't know lefties. Number two is Nathan Queen. Oh, oh 30000 for that one tournament. Yep. That's... Number three that's is silly. Devin Owens. What, ha- what happened to Devin Owens? Fell off the face of the year. I don't even know who that When's is. When's the last time he played? He's Latitude 64 guy. And seventh is Austin Turner. Oh, no. I forgot Austin Turner's lefty. I No, I didn't think he was active on tour. I forgot he was He lefty. didn't play for like two years. True. Is he back? He has played for in the last two years. He's played multiple times. Not not a ton of tour events, but he's played. Um, he's been playing. Twenty twenty one. Twenty twenty one. He played. Okay, I mean he just he plays every once in a while. Yeah, can't climb a one world. He, to he definitely did, also turned to disappear off face of the earth at some point. Twenty twenty and twenty twenty one. He stopped. No, he, he wasn't did, touring. Yeah. He wasn't touring in twenty 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 one. So he's back on tour this year. You're saying no. He's from about 15 minutes he, where I'm from. He's played, he has played some tour events, though, I think. Who was I looking at? Devin Owens is who I wanted to look at. Whatever happened to respect predictability, you know what I mean? The Milkman, the Paperboy, Man on TV. on TV. Devin Owens. Whatever happened to uh, Matt Dollar? Devin Matt Owens Dollar. sponsored by Innova now? Out names. That looks weird. Let's play, let's play a game. Let's play a game all together called Whatever Happened. Okay. Devin and Owens has we'll played. Just think of players that we forgot existed. Devin <laughs> Owens has played three tournaments this year. Okay. In 2021, Devin Owens played. Devin Owens was on tour in 2021. No, mm. kind of. No, no, he wasn't. He played a few at the beginning. So he's side hustling disc golf. He just kind of disappeared. Yeah. 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 I mean, 2020, he didn't play. What's your more rating? or less? 10 16. Pretty good. He just went up four. Pretty good. 
My first pick for where are they now? He is, has 122,000 career earnings. Yeah, he had a pretty good era there. Yeah, well, I mean, he I, was the lefty for a while. Before he was the lefty. I think he had Chris a Clemens. shoulder thing. Did he? I don't know. Where's Seppo these days? In Finland. Back is, he, in Europe. is he playing? He came across. He came across and played, played the beginning well. seasons. I'm pretty sure he's like the owner of Prodigy Europe. I miss him. I'm pretty sure Prodigy Disc Seppo Europe Bio? is like a separate thing, yeah, and I'm pretty Seppo's. sure Seppo's family runs it. I think Seppo I'm is like sure. the coolest name ever. Yeah, I agree. And I wish I could rename my son. And man, he can throw them rollers. Am I right? What? What? That was like what he was known for was throwing rollers. No. Yeah. Are you sure? Yeah, really? he was. Yeah, he would. He would throw multiple rollers around. Like he was like he always was the, the roller guy. I don't remember that. I remember that him being true. very yeah, good dude. at disc golf. Uh, no, he's like he was like known for throwing rollers. Uh, <laughs> so like, can I find this online? Like, if I, so, if I search Seppo roller, I have no idea. I don't remember him for throwing rollers. Literally, I remember every single... I remember he could throw some mean turnovers. Every so single bit yeah. of coverage I watched, he was throwing rollers when no one else was. and That's just how they play over there in, in Europe. In it's called Euro style. In the land of Finns. I mean, he has a video yeah. called This Is How I Roll. Mm. Well, that's good enough that for me. That speaks for itself. Yeah, that's good enough for me. From 2019. Seppo's the roller guy, Hunter. That's yeah. the only thing. Let's on this podcast. Seppo is now Seppo is now the roller guy. He's he actually listens. Guy. He listens to Grip Locked. He does. So Seppo, well, Seppo, you're the roller. You're the guy. roller guy. Seppo, I love you. Yeah. Hey man. Uh, well, oh, what got? What I remember <laughs> most is Seppo was like one of the first guys to get into like vlogging. Yeah, dude. And they were fire. They were amazing. It was like him, Simon, and Eagle. I remember I was super into Prodigy. Seppo Paiu. Is that how you was, pronounce his last name? Paiu? I believe so. Uh, the, one of the I more eye-opening videos I saw when I was like really into Prodigy, back when Prodigy... Like Prodigy's kind of figured it out a little bit more these days, but back in the day when they were in this weird era where like Seppo's going through his collection and like every disc that he likes, he, he pretty much has to mention, oh, by the way, these things are impossible to find. Because <laughs> <laughs> they don't make them anymore. And you're like, well, great. <laughs> so that was, yep, that was Seppo and me, you know? Seppo and me. Me you, should write a, you should write a blog Seppo. called Seppo and Me. <laughs> me and Sepp. <laughs> you know, you look like y'all could be related a little bit. Yeah, yeah little well, bit. I'm actually from Finland. Wow. No, what's your ancestor? Scan- <clears throat> Sweden? Scandinavia? Is Pennsylvania in, in, in Finland? Pennsylvania Dutch. So you're from the Netherlands. You know Dutch Blitz was created in Pennsylvania? I think... Lancaster area. I think the stops What about Dutch oven? Did I say that right? I Lancaster? Think- Huh? Lancaster, yeah. Lancaster? It's not Instead Lancaster. Instead of Lancaster? Yeah, it's not Lancaster. <laughs> you freaking silent. I think, I, think I think I've got a good bit of German in me, but we've been in we've been in literally the same area of Pennsylvania since like I before the a, before America you, was I even, do, that's what I was about to say. I want to do an ancestry thing. I have I no did, idea what I, I did. I have but no idea what I, I didn't get far enough back to go like across the ocean, but like before America was even the declaration was even signed, we were literally within like an hour of where I grew up. Jeez. Like we Wow. We've been the stall's been staying in that spot for a so long you, time. So you're really breaking tradition. Yeah, I am no I am. Damn yeah. man. Brutal. Your ancestors are so, so ticked <laughs> off at you. You've been All exiled. Right. Here's what we're doing real quick. Well not real quick. This is gonna take a little bit. But we have decided so last week we talked about perfect world rankings, what we wanted, blah blah blah. Am I the only one that can't get over how stupid we are for not realizing that we wanted power rankings this whole time? No, see that's what happened was after we talked about like, it, I feel like an idiot. I saw a comment on last week's grip locked that said, "I feel like you guys are talking about power rankings," and then I said, "Oh, it's <laughs> exactly what I'm talking about. What's I want power rankings. Power world rankings, rankings, rankings are week is by week. like world rankings is exactly what they are, mm-hmm. which is like much more history based. Okay, because it should be hard to get number one in the world. Yeah." What we've been upset by is like recency bias isn't showing on world rankings, yeah, which yeah. it shouldn't mm-hmm. because the, we want power rankings, which power rankings I is understand. like basketball top 25, like so currently. Like right now. Like if yeah, number yeah. one loses to number 25, mm-hmm. he's not number because one Because we want to look at the list, right? We would look at the list and be like, why are they there? Like we want it right now. Why? Like who is the best right now? Where are they right yeah. now? And that's just not how it works. So We're stupid. On debate that night, I explained it to Brody sense. and I was like, yeah, we want power rankings. And then... He was like, yeah. I was like, I wasn't aware of that. I was just like, I was thinking of world rankings as power rankings, and it was frustrating Like, me. who was going to tell us? But mm-hmm, no one was going to tell me. Mm-hmm. So, come on. We oh, are yeah, about I, to... I knew. I knew. I just wanted you guys to figure it out. We are about own. to create the grip-locked power rankings. I've done my research. Trevor's done his research. And basically what and we're going that, to do... you mean lack of research because you told me not to. Well, no. I told you not to do the same research I was doing this morning because wow. you started to, and then I realized yeah, that you were going to come to the same list I yeah, came to. Yeah, well, the, the reasoning being common sense. Like, there's only 
There's only so Trevor's much. basically going, how we're going to do this. Mine I think, is a lot more gut I feeling. think this is what we should do every time we update it, is yours should be a gut list. Okay. Mine should be a stat list, and then we average them. No, I think that you should Not then, average. No. We then like debate back and forth and figure it out. Yeah, no, I think it's just my, then it should my pass list the eye is test almost with like stats. the control list. The stat, no, there doesn't need to be an eye test with a power ranking because if somebody says that's wrong and you can just throw a stat at them that is very clear and obvious, what yeah. are you going to say? What you so say? basically what we're going to do is top 10 MPO, top 5 FPO, and uh, we'll update it after every big event. When, like, okay. Like OTB Open. Yeah. Silver Series, we'll like we will update it, but we probably won't really. We might talk about it if there's like a, a big jump or something. But mm-hmm. okay, uh, it's going to be very heavily recency biased, uh, and this is basically going to be like who is the best player currently. Like if they step right on now. the course right now, right who now. is where? Yes. Um. So we're going to start with number ten on MPL. Okay. I have the one and only Mr. Nico Castro in my tenth place spot. Ooh. I have um, Joel Freeman at ten. Okay. I do have Joel Freeman in my top 10. Okay. He's higher. But okay. let me explain our reasoning for Nico. Is Nico in your top 10? No. Okay, let me explain our reasoning for Nico. I think he's getting slept on some this year. Uh, his worst finish all year, which has only been like seven or eight terms this year, worst finish all year is 30th, but his other four are all top 15s. Okay. So he's regularly finishing in the top 15. His 30th did come at the major, mm-hmm. but when I compared him to like everyone that was around him in world rankings and stuff like that, it was hard to find someone to sneak above him that I didn't already sneak above him. Okay. So I'll be curious to see who you yeah, have on this we'll list that see, I don't. Yeah, we'll just have to compare and see who I snuck in that you did. But didn't. tentatively, I have Nico there. Okay. Um, Joel Freeman, I have as my eighth best, but we'll get there in a second. Okay. Uh, number nine. I have James Conrad. Okay, I have him higher. I okay. have Drew Gibson as number nine. I have him at eight. Okay, so Drew Gibson. So this is our first. We got to figure this thing out. So Drew Gibson, I think he's had a solid season, but I do think that James Conrad and Joel Freeman have both had better than Drew Gibson. My my whole reasoning with Drew Gibson was because of his win. Well, here's the thing: is his win came at first turn of the season. Yeah. Recently, he's been slipping a lot. Yeah. I think he's on but the what, bubble. What's a his lot. average finish though? Do you have it? I don't have his average finish. Like no. I would, I like if his average finish is very close. To James and Joel, but he has a win. Like if it's, I'm saying if it's him in like one or two places, and he has a win, I gotta consider him better. Well, because my thing is Joel Freeman. Um, he had two top fives early in the season. One of them being at Las Vegas, but recently he came in sixth at Jonesboro and top fifteen finish in the first major of the year. Mm-hmm. Drew Gibson, I'll pull up his actual stats, but I don't think he could but say. Recently, he can't Joel say Freeman, the same as in yesterday, did have an awful finish. He did that. He did. But Drew Dude, Gibson did beat him yesterday, actually. I do believe. Yeah. Let me bring up Joel Freeman. I, I wanna, I'm actually curious to see head-to-head. Because, like, that's what I'm saying. Like, You want to pull up the head-to-head on Statmando? Yeah. Because if Joel Freeman is very close... Yeah, because Joel Freeman recently, he went 26th at DDO, 6th at Jonesboro, 14th at Champions Cup, 4th at Texas State, okay. 3rd at Waco. So it wasn't Las Vegas. I was incorrect there. Is he not on here? No, you had to. It's last name first. Yeah, Freeman. I, Gibson does not do anything. Oh, is this is totally in? Uh, wait, what's Sorry. going on right now? Why is it not? You're in FPO. Where, like, but where is that selected? No, you have to go all the way back. Go head to head. I clicked on it from the SEO, so now hit MPO at the bottom. All fault. right, so it's Drew Gibson fault. recently has went 26th at DDO, 30th at Jonesboro. He did go top 10 at Champions Cup. You know what? I think you could sway me. I think you could sway me. Well, let me, let me pull, pull up this. I think, you know <laughs> what? I could be swayed here. I could. If That's you want very to. very big of you. If you want to. So 10th place, we're still leaving empty right now because we don't know. Okay, I'm going to get the. We're the, arguing about 9th place right now. I'm going to get a recent. Oh, wait. No, I have Drew Gibson lower. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what we're saying. Yeah. Do it, Trevor Swaydom. Compare. Enhance. Head to head. <laughs> head to head this year. Um, what are we looking at? Read us some stuff. Read us some stuff. Drew Gibson is 2-1-1 one, and one against Joel Freeman. What does that even mean? That means he's beat him twice, lost to him uh, once, and tied him once. Okay. 
So pretty similar. What's their top ten percentages when they when they both been the same tournament? Twenty five percent, both of them. Okay, so pretty similar. So pretty and much they, the separating they factor. They are very. So that's what I'm saying. The, these two seem to be very. So the separating factor is that Drew has a win. So I'm willing to bump Drew, Drew up. So now we need to talk James Conrad. Does that Conrad. mean that you're swayed? I'm, I've been swayed. Wow. So I'm willing to put Joel Freeman in ninth. You can make good a pair you? of Clarks out of you. You're swayed. Um, yeah, that's fine. All right, so we're going to lock Joel Freeman in as the ninth best player in the world. That's our first lock-in, folks. But now we need to compare Conrad. We need to look at Conrad and Drew Gibson. Yeah. Conrad, I think we've given him... Conrad? I have him as seventh. But I think Conrad, we've given him too much crap on this show. He's having a very solid season. Easily deserves spot in top 10, no doubt there. He only has one finish outside the top 15 all year, and it was the first tournament of the year. Since then, he is not, Conrad, he's not finished Conrad outside the top 15. Conrad is 4-2 against Drew Gibson. Yeah. I definitely think Conrad goes in seventh is where I have him locked in. I think Drew Gibson can bump up to eight. But especially recently, Conrad's been coming into form as Drew Gibson's been falling out I of form, which I think that that's very important. That is here. a trend, and we recognize the trend. So Drew Gibson, eight, <laughs> and I think Conrad goes seven. Who did you have as 10th? Joel Freeman. This is going to, I'm guessing this next one is going to be the one okay. that you don't have anywhere, which is Kyle Klein. That's, I do not have Kyle Klein anywhere in my top 10. Seven. Okay. Um, so now Kyle we, Klein does not belong in the top 10. Well, now I need I will to say it. I just need to compare him to compare Nico Compare him Castro. to Nico Castro. Go ahead. I feel like we've given him. A, I just kind of threw him in there because we've kind of given him a lot of crap. And then I he hasn't at, had a great season this year. Not great compared to what he would be expected to do. Yeah, no, he gets he's gotten pooped on against Nico. He's two That's and six. This guy's trash. Well, like if you go to his actual, I'll pull up his actual. Profile. Nico is honestly sick. That's what I'm saying. But when you compare Nico to Drew, Joel, James, he's not beating them. Kyle Klein this year, and they're also counting one of those wins as the All Star weekend. Yes. Yeah, so you have to factor that stuff in, too. I, I looked through that. He's went 24th, 15th, 5th at the Silver Series, 25th, 10th at the Silver Series, 27th, 25th, 13th. So he just hasn't had anything great, yeah, okay. hasn't had anything bad, but with, I don't think Kyle Klein belongs in the top 10. I'm trying to think who else would we compare Nico, because that 10th spot is You can compare Nico one. to Adam Hammes. He beats him. Uh, you can compare him... I compare. I went into the world rankings and compared him to everyone around him: Kayla Visca, Adam Hammes, Kyle Klein. Right, I'm fine with he that. He was beating them all. I'm fine with that. Nico, I think Nico is one of the like most fascinating players in disc golf because this man has arguably belonged in the top ten since 2009. 2009, he was like the best player in the world since before then. Probably before then, probably yeah. yeah. But like 2009, he was like the best player in the world. That's yeah. 13 years. This guy has been a top 10 player on and off. But I do think probably a lot more, more on. He's probably one of the most underrated players for 13 of years. all time. Yeah. Uh, so Nico LaCastro, I think, belongs to number 10. Okay. Number six on my list. Matteo. Matteo. We both agree. It's just kind of the I'll one. I'll explain why. Uh, he's an excellent season so far. One poor, one poor performance, uh, if you can even call it that, which he came in 15th at Texas States. So yeah, he's been very consistent. He's been very consistent, and I think he's a trending upwards the player. The thing is, though, Matteo, to me, just doesn't have win, win power for me. Like, I don't think he's going to win anything. I don't think you need to have win power to but be I, in the top 10. No, I don't think so either, but I like, I think he's just going to stick there in that number six spot because he's just kind of consistent. All right, this next one's going to hurt some feelings, and I'm ready. I'm ready. Yeah, I can't wait. so I have Gannon at five, but I know he's higher than I have that. Paul Macbeth yeah, at I, number five in the world. Mm, Here's the reason. My feelings are hurt. If no, you look, I'm ready to agree with you. If you look at his season, like, he was having a solid season. He was. DDO, massive blemish. 51st place at DDO. Yeah. That's tough. Then just came in, I believe it's ninth at Masters Cup this past yeah. weekend. If you compare him to Gannon Burr, who I have in fourth place, uh, Gannon's beat Paul more than Paul's beat Gannon this yeah. year. No, Paul has not been consistent at all. And yeah. like, because the bottom line is, I bet at the end of the year that Paul will probably have more wins than Gannon. So we'll have, oh, I'm sure. We'll have to just look at things. Well, I don't even know if I'd bet that. But there's a good go, chance it could happen, but like it, it, he's just too inconsistent. He's yeah. too streaky. So I have Gannon Burr as my fourth place. Uh, his worst finish in his last five is 10th at DDO, neck and neck with Matty O overall, in my opinion. Yeah, I have no, um, I have no problem with that. Gannon's 2-1-1 one, one against Matty O, and 4-1 and one against Paul in the last five, 4-3 and three against Paul this season. So really there could be an argument for Paul to slip to sixth. There could be one. Yeah, I'm not Do ready. you want to really I'm quickly not ready to accept that? Just go on to Stat Mando and compare Matteo to Paul. Let's just look at that really quick. I compared James Conrad to Paul, I believe. Didn't wasn't worth doing. Let's compare Matteo to Paul real quick. Just this would be a tough just tough, for the facts. This would be a tough one. Just to look at. Make here's, sure here's the facts. Make sure all star two weekends. and two. Okay. 
Um, Make sure All Star Weekend's not in there. I don't think it is. It's not. Okay. So, yeah, they're two and two. I guess Matteo. Oh, the one event that the Pauls win. I guess Matteo wasn't there because that was when he had to drop out. I think. All right. So I'm I'm fine keeping it where it is. Yeah. Paul fifth, Matteo sixth. Uh, but yeah, Gannon. It's hard to argue. The last five, he's four and no, one against I, Paul. Yeah, I have no problem with that. This season, he's four and three. So I'm both of those, Gannon has Gannon. beat Paul more than Paul's beat Gannon. I'm like, what? Because like, I guess next we have to look at Calvin. So I have Gannon Burr in fourth. Mm-hmm. Third place, I have Calvin Heinberg. Yes. This is. is where Calvin belongs, in my opinion. Uh, he There's this top three. They're on a different echelon. Yeah. Uh, it's not really, you can't really compare. Yeah, like, no, he's six Gannon one doesn't one belong Gannon. in the top three. Calvin doesn't belong in the top two. He's close. He's a clear top three player. He has one Pro Tour win, only one finish outside the top ten. He's consistently a threat out there, but he doesn't compare to my number two and one, Ricky and Calvin, or Ricky and Chris. Yeah. He doesn't compare to those two. He doesn't fit in the top two, but he's definitely a top three player. Yeah. So pretty locked in at third with Calvin Heinberg there, which leaves us with number two and number one in the world. And this is where my final shock value comes because number one player in the world right now without a doubt in my mind, is Chris Dickerson. I have Ricky Wysocki at number two. And this goes against mm. everything that I believed when I was but writing here, this list. I just got to say really quick that but Calvin I and Ricky are a lot closer than you. Or, uh, no. Calvin and Chris are a lot closer than you think no. they are. Well, no. They are. They're, They're four not. and four against each other. They are. Four and four and directly paired each other. And Chris Dickerson, just had, he has but, the major and a silver series. But when you compare Chris, Ricky, and Calvin all together, Chris is... Uh, Chris has come out in front three times over all three of them. Ricky and Calvin have come out in front right, only two gotta, times. You got to go of them. head to head though. You can't just throw like a bunch of people in. Well, no, but we're looking at the top three. We agree they all three belong in the top three. He's four and four when directly compared to Calvin, but Chris is four and three when directly compared to Ricky, and Ricky's five and two when directly compared to Calvin. So you can't argue to put Calvin above Ricky, and you can't really argue to put Ricky above Chris. And if you compare all three of them together, you can't argue to put anyone in front of. The other two, except for Chris. What is wait? What does Ricky versus Chris look five like? Five and two, Chris versus Ricky, or no, four and three, Chris versus Ricky. Five and two, Ricky versus Calvin. So yeah, Chris is four and three, four and four. Yeah, the only, I mean, the only, I would say because yeah, but I, also I, one of Chris's wins was a major, which yeah, has got to be factored. That's a what bit. saves him because I don't think that's what saves him. Well, I think there's a lot of other stats that save him. Well, but Ricky has two f- full-on Pro Tour wins, and then Ricky's or Chris's only other win was a Silver Series. So yeah, it does save him. I think. I think that I think but I, he's beat Rick more than Rick's beat one him. more time. I think, but I, yeah, I, that's, if he ha- if he didn't win that major, if that was just a normal Pro Tour, it'd be close. It'd be very close. It'd but be close, but I'd I still give the edge to Dickerson. I maybe wouldn't, but I'm because well, also but when it doesn't you go head to head, the top three, which like that's an important stat in my head because those three are the clear top three, and. Chris is the only one that separates. Yeah, I mean, I'm willing those. to I'm willing to concede that because so like I think I said, it doesn't matter. Ricky right does have two Pro Tour wins. He's also five and two when compared to Calvin this season. So Ricky's a definitely number two in the world, and Chris Dickerson I think is the number one player in the world. Wow, that is, that is shocking, but I can't disagree with it. That is the other well. The other problem with this power ranking though is Chris is about to not play for like three weeks. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, that yeah. will hurt him. So it's right now. This is that right will hurt now. him. Right. So as I'm saying, like next week, I'm because Nico is him. also spending. A month in Europe, yeah, which will also hurt him. Because basically, what will end up happening is is there, Ricky no- or Calvin- is there nothing to be said to the fact that Cal- Ricky is five and two against Calvin, but Chris is only four and four with him. Is there nothing to be said to that? I mean, what do you want to say? Like Ricky dominates the third player in the world, whereas Chris is even with him. Does that not? But like- Ricky beat or Chris beats the second player, best player in the world. All that says to me is that Rick, Chris, and Calvin have played against each other more. Is that Chris and Calvin have played against each other more? Yeah, because one more eight tournaments, one more time. Okay, and that so like I mean that's not that's not significant. I don't know. I just think I think it's very very. Well, also close. when you my biggest thing is when you go Ricky, Calvin, Chris all together, they're neck and neck in every stat all the way across the board. But Chris has come out ahead three times, whereas the other two have only come out ahead two times in that. Mm-hmm. I mean, so like well, if they're I'm all finally, there, I'm finally because if, the way if it is. all three are there, that's the strongest field possible, right? Right. We but if guys, if guys aren't playing, like but we can can't. agree with that, right? If all three are there, they're the strongest field possible. Yeah. So Chris coming out ahead the most in the strongest field possible, that's right. got to speak to something. No, it does. It does. That's. I mean, that's why I'm willing to agree with it. I'm just. I'll be curious to see. I don't have all of it in front of me. I'm curious to see what people in the comments think. Because basically, there's been seven tournaments where they're all three there, which I think is the the 
five and two that Ricky is to Calvin. And in those same seven tournaments, uh, Chris is four and three. Yeah. No, I which mean, means that that extra tournament that him and Calvin played, if you eliminate that, he's also four and three against Calvin. Yeah. No, I don't, I don't have a problem with it. I think, I think they both were at, I uh, think, I, I think at. Chris and Ricky are so interchangeable right now that I don't think putting either one at one. I is, agree. Is and a, I think that if Ricky crazy. shows up and wins the OTB open, he's number one. Yeah. Because it, it's it, it's going to be tough if you're not going out. The power ranking is yeah. you can literally just change it everywhere. Well, that's the tough so. part is like if you're not going out west, like Chris, by the end of the West Coast swing, Chris be might be third. Yeah. Well, yeah. Or he might even be say, fourth. Yeah. Say, let's, play, let's say Paul wins a couple. Then yeah. who knows what uh, It's going to be when you're not regularly playing. That's power rankings for you, baby. The power <laughs> rankings are going to be very heavily recently biased, as you can tell by the top 10. Yeah. So. Paul goes out and wins like two of the next three. He's going to be right back in that top three. Dickerson doesn't show up. Dickerson could slip as far as fifth or sixth, depending on how everyone up here plays. That's Uh, how it's going to be. So that's just how that's going to be. So to quickly recap, we have Chris Dickerson, one. Ricky Wysocki, two. Calvin Heimberg, three. Gannon Burr, four. Paul McBeth, five. Matty O, sixth. James Conrad, seven. Drew Gibson, eight. Joel Freeman, nine. And Nico LaCastro, ten. I couldn't tell you the last time I considered... Paul outside the top four and I'll tell you actually never that's when I last considered it well that's what when I was like looking at this so when I got I, started in disc golf, he was like I made the list yeah. I made the list and I wrote Ricky Chris Calvin Paul and he like went down I wrote out my list and then I was like all right where are my holes and then I started doing stats and I was like okay well well so we got to change that we got to change that like so that's where Chris and Ricky came in and then I looked at Gannon who when he just won I was like because I had Gannon at uh, six I think and I was like I feel like Gannon belongs a little higher. And then I like did the math to him against Matty O. And I was like, oh, he definitely belongs from Matty O. And then did the math. To like, I was like, well, let's just make sure, fact check myself. And I was like, he belongs above Paul right now. And that was a hard one. That's difficult. That was a tough one. But you know what? Got to go with stats. This top 10, I'm very happy about. And I will say that we were very wrong because James Conrad does belong as high as he is. Mm. And we multiple times with the world ranks were like, how is James Conrad that high in the world? He belongs there. That's how. These are the foundation power rankings. All right, rankings. that's, no, grip lock power rankings. the grip lock power rankings. Yeah, grip lock power rankings. If a different show wants to do their own, they can. But you know what? Not going to be as good as these. <laughs> uh, FPO. FPO, I think, is pretty, pretty locked in. I'd be surprised if we had any arguments here. Yeah. Well, I don't know. Fifth place is the only questionable one to me. I think the top four, we know who... Let's just do the top four, because we know who's in the top four. I think we both have the same top four. Chris and Ricky also have the exact same average finish. <laughs> That's, that's Chris crazy. Dickerson won a major. No, yeah, I, no, I was, I was more so saying because I was just looking to see if, what that was, and I was like, and he's wow, four and three against them. They're so close. They're very close, but he's beat him. Chris has beat Ricky more times and won a major. No, I'm not. That's I'm, the. I'm not Hunter. I'm, I'm okay with it. I'm, I know, but the comments aren't going to be. And I'm like, well, no, I encourage. Keep the, throwing stuff at us, but no, I mean, there. I think there's, that's the bottom there's line. There's got to be me. more statistics out there. So I'm just curious to see what they say. But like, I what other statistics? Are, we're using just finishing places. Yeah, I and know. we're not going back to last season. So like, if yeah, you do no, both I, of those, I think I feel like finishing places. It and like I, I, the only thing I can see is if people are gonna weigh major plus silver. The problem is silver series are so tricky, right? Though because like, um, I'm not. I didn't look at anything outside of silver series, right? Because either because, because that's pointless. Because uh, Dickerson won the open at Belton, and that field was stacked. So yeah. like, because everybody was in Texas, so it's tough to even look at that and say, "Oh, we won a Silver Series." Because let's be honest, you do, but there. you do need to weigh it a little less. Well, you didn't weigh it a little less when you just said that all you looked at was who was when all three were there and all three were open at belt. Well, yeah, but I'm saying it <laughs> so you didn't. But you, one of his wins was major. I wrote that in the major win. Definitely no, the wager play. for sure. The major for sure. One of the big things more. to me was the three, but. If Chris hadn't won anything and Ricky, if they were like this neck and neck and Ricky had two Pro Tour wins and Chris had, didn't have any wins or just one little Silver Series win. Well, yeah, certainly. Yeah, but like if once you, if he had a Silver Series and a Pro Tour win and they were this neck and neck, I think I'd still go Chris. If his only win or if he had two Silver Series wins, I'd lean Ricky. If it's even tricky. if they were this neck and neck. It's tricky. So you do have to weigh some stuff. But on FPO, I think it's going to be more interesting if we go top down. So FPO, I've got first place Kristen Tatar. Same. I don't think there's much argument there. No, she's the best. She's the best in the world right now. Um, second place, I do have Paige Pierce. Same. Oh, okay. I thought you were going to disagree with me there. No, she won the major. You've been hating on Paige recently. Yeah, I know. I'm just trying to. Tr- I'm trying to change my ways. The battle for second was very close. Uh, 
It is. Paige has a major championship. I think if Kat had just won this past weekend, that, that would was helped. the other thing I wrote. I said Paige's Paige has a major championship, and Katrina's lost this past weekend to Hokum and tie with Ella. Yeah, it's pretty bumped lame. her down. Pretty lame. Well, that's that was just the factor of it. If like Kat would have went out and dominated that field, yeah, no, she would because I had I had Katrina Allen in second originally because if you go neck to neck, they're very close. They're yeah. they're a they're a Chris and Ricky situation. But when you look at that, she just lost a silver series to players who aren't in the top five, even still. And Sarah Hook and Manella Hansen, that's a tough one to look at. So Katrina Allen is my third best player in the world. Yeah. Fourth place uh, is not, I don't think it's close. It's Valerie Mandahano. Same. I don't even think I really need stats to back that up. She's yeah. not a top three player. Her average finish has just been better. She's not a top three player, but when you like look at players who could sneak into the top four, like Missy Gannon, Sarah Hokum, Haley King, she slaps all of them around. Yeah. There's not, not really a point. Fifth place, I think, is the only one that's up for question. Um, and I think it's Owen Scoggins. Mm, I had Missy written down. So, so Owen Scoggins hasn't been in contention or won anything, which I think makes her seem worse than she is. But she's hung around to the top five pretty much every event. Well, I think because... And her season so far has really surprised me. Because Missy Gannon has a silver series, she's going to have to... Owen Scoggins is going to have to have a significant... I'm, Missy Gannon was a player I, I considered. She's going to have to have a significant So, you can deficit. sway me. You, you could persuade me on, on Missy Gannon. I'll check this out because, like, if Owen is just crushing her in average finish and head-to-head, then, like, I don't have a problem with that. But if it's close and Missy has a win, going to have to say that's Missy in that well, spot. We'll just have to wait and see. I don't know. Okay, let's see here. Because I don't remember what the comparison was. I remember I did it, but... Mm. Owen is 3-1-1 one, and one against Missy. Yeah. So the one is probably her loss, the win. Make sure those are at Silver Series and higher. Oh, they're counting All-Star Weekend as to, one of Scones, though. To take that out. So 2-1-1. So really, and 2-1-1. One. One. Um, and is that all Pro Tours? Waco or Silver Series? and the Champions Cup. Um, were the two, and then Texas States and Las Vegas. What were, she was not at the... Silver Series that Missy won. What were Missy's finishes when Own beat her? Like how far down? Fourth and eighth at Champions Cup, not huge, and fourth and twelfth at Waco, a little more that's, significant. That's significant. Yeah, but then Las Vegas Challenge, seventh and eighteenth. So Missy beat Own pretty handily there. I did. I did. I again, I'm very recency biased, so Las Vegas is on the bubble of how much I cared about it. Let me um, let me look at the field of that silver series that Missy won because Missy I think that's huge um, I think that's going to make it was the Music City Open because I think if she beat a really good field there that's important if not then it doesn't really matter and I would say own Music City Open regardless own has been having a better season than I thought no matter she's always been steady but she just she's never going to win anything I don't think I think she oh. she could put herself in position on the right course to win, uh, but it's going to be a scenario where it's going to require other players playing poorly. Is how I look at it. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, if you look at after All-Star Weekend, she had 18th mm. at Vegas, but then she went 4th, 7th at the Open at Belton, 5th. She won that weird Texas States at after Texas States. Not really sure what that was. Fourth, and then she just won the challenge at Goat Hill. But both of both of her wins this year were just eight years. The field they they don't was matter. not great. I mean, she beat Evelina and Henna, who have been honestly not good this year. Yeah, and then she beat like Jessica Weiss, Holly Finley. So, so. so how are we thinking? I'm okay with giving it to Own. Did, did Own play Masters Cup this weekend? Yeah, she was like on the lead card. Here we go. Recent events because it's not factored in here she yet. Was on the lead card. So Own Scoggins came in fourth. And yet, and Masters Cup. And so yet she, she dropped two spots in the U-Disc ranking. See, this is what this is why we're doing this, man. Because like, what the heck? So I hate. Well, that. it's because it's because Maria Oliva and Alejandro beat her. But it annoys me. I don't like. I, agree, it. I, I don't like it when when you're. Who was at dropped. the tournament? Who did Missy beat at that tournament? She beat both. The, um, she beat Evelina and Henna, and then she okay. beat Jessica Weiss and Holly Finley and um, Macy Vela Diaz. That was like the most notable. Okay, because so Own beat Jessica Weiss this weekend. All the other players weren't there this weekend, so mm. that's tough. I was just seeing if like if it was a similar field and Own just beat all of them. Maybe we give but, it to Missy for a week, honestly. And just because of the win at the Silver just Series? Just because of that win. Because, like, winning, like, there's something that you got to You gotta. You do want to weigh in. How long ago was that win? It's the only other factor. Music City, like, what, three weeks ago? Probably. So, semi-recent? Three or four? When I searched Missy like, Gann, I wish that the PDGA, like, you can sort by player when you're searching, but, like, if I you search a player's search. name directly, 
it should be pretty obvious. Which, like, How when hard I search, would it to be just add a tab for just player search? It is. Oh, well, you're saying initial tab. No, an initial tabs. You don't yeah. Have, like, come on. But also, when I search Kevin Jones, I don't want to see the six other Kevin Jones that pop up for it. The real Kevin Jones. Show me the real Kevin Jones. Yeah. Please stand up. With the real Kevin Jones, please stand up. So, yeah, I mean, she even recently 16th at DDO, but was Owen Scoggins at DDO. I have no idea. Okay, I'll go back to Owen. If Owen Scoggins beat her handedly at DDO, I'm giving it to Owen, in my opinion. She was not at DDO. I think he can go to Missy without thinking about it. Okay. 16th at DDO, though, that's kind of tough. That's a tough look recently, but you know what? She had a win a few weeks yeah. ago. I mean, it's, we'll give it to Missy, and I think very, they're both going to be at OTB Open, and that'll be a fluid spot. situation. Yeah, that'll be a fluid flu- situation. It's a fluid situation. Yeah, we'll just keep an eye on it. It's something that's going to be changing day by day. Yep, it's day to day, fluid. Are fluid. they both going to be at OTB Open? Some very powerful rankings. OTB Open. Let's go over to Missy. She had better. Baby. OTB Open. So they're both going to be at the OTB Open. I think that'll be the deciding tournament as to who ends up in fifth. But okay. FPO, we have Kristen Page. Unless Kat, somebody else just sneaky. Val, wins. Missy Gannon. That's the top five. So there they are. The official Griplock Power Rankings. Uh, another thing that I did this past weekend, or this past week, that you all might have seen, Didn't was see it. I went ahead and took the time to sort through all the posts on social media that USDGC accounts made mm. and compile a list of everyone who's qualified for the USDGC. Because oh. that didn't exist previously. They're not oh. tracking on their website? I Mm-mm. thought they always do that. No. They don't have a list of who's qualified. I searched. Hmm, I believe and you. I was like, this is something I would want. I, want. I, thought they, I thought they did. They did in 2020. They haven't in oh. 2021 or 2022. So <laughs> Now why'd they do that? I don't know. But they post every time a tournament's over. Like, congrats yeah. to these players. I got beef with that whole system anyways. Because, like, how on earth are some of the random A-tiers getting qualifying spots and the DDO did? Well, that's the whole issue with it being Innova's... Tournament yeah, and not the PDGA and tournament. Like, oh, that tournament says dynamic discs on it. Yeah, too bad you can't qualify. So the <laughs> that's the, a joke. The next qualifying event is the OTB Open. If you're gonna call yourself a major, act like it. There. Um. <laughs> boom. Uh. The next qualifying tournament is the OTB Open this upcoming weekend. Here are, in my opinion, the most notable unqualified players. Uh. If you want to see the full list, you can head over to fdnsports.com and you can see the list of qualified players. They're sorted by most recently qualified. Here's the notable unqualified player. Wow. Adam Hammes That's has not crazy. yet. Crazy. Vino McKella has not yet. Brody Smith, Mason Should've. Ford, Kale Lavisca, Andrew Marweed, and Chris Clemens. I mean, those guys are probably all of them will qualify. They should all qualify at some point during this like, year. It but it gets to a point like towards like what it gets like towards the end of the season, and like the spots just sink so far. Well, back. even right now, the OTB Open, like the majority of players that should be finishing towards the top have qualified. Right. Um, so you, you will eventually get to a point where if you're a top player and you're finishing like top 20, you're going to qualify. Yeah. It gets to that point yeah. at some point. But um, yeah, because I mean, I also included the, there's a big list of players who all came in the top 10 last year and then all the previous champions. Right. Uh, they're all on there as well. And then you go into people who have qualified this year. So uh, I'll be keeping that up to date after every qualifying event, letting you know who qualified at that event. And uh, I'll do a Thank short you, write-up man. of Thank you for that. who qualified at the OTB Open. I'll also do a short write-up on like when people qualify, who I think, like how they, how I think they might do mm. if there's someone to be looking out for or not. Someone did mention like one of these days we're going to get into Monday qualifying. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> someone did mention they're like, hey, y'all should talk about on the on the uh, podcast how there's five qualifiers in Europe for the USDGC, which I initially was like that is kind of weird, but five. it's the stretch of where players were go- are going over to Europe or originally were. So like one of them is the European Open and then it's tournaments surrounding the European Open. So a lot of those fields at this current time are very like tour heavy fields. I think one of them is even the Pro Tour stop that's supposed to be over there, the Sula Open. Right, but other than those two, like why would you have any other ones? Well, they always have some for the European players. Yeah, I guess. Qualify. How many spots they give out? Uh, typically it's like three, but they, yeah. it doesn't really say. I mean, I guess that makes sense. Yeah, but it, I mean, they're going to be... It, it's all around that time where like players are planning to go over. Whether or not those players still go over, I don't know. I haven't heard a lot about the European Open or anything this mm, year. It's probably... I don't I know mean, why I, players well, wouldn't. I would say, over, I mean, in our country, it seems like there wouldn't be an issue. I don't know what's going on in Europe, though. Yeah, the European Open... Over there, across pond, you know. Where is... Like, even this, I search European Open. You know what I'm looking for. 
Everyone knows what you're looking for when you search European Open. Why can't I find it? Like, it's a major, for Pete's sakes. For Pete's I can't find it. I can find the Disc Golf World Tour number three European Thanks Open. Thanks a lot, PDG. This is the Estonian Open. Try adding is that the year. It? That helps a lot. Is this a major? No, A tier. Add in 2022. That helps eliminate quite a few. Now, this has got to be it. Right here. Disc Golf European Open presented by Discmania. Why do we have Disc Golf in the title? Something to think about. Something about. So, currently, Paul, Ricky, Eagle, Calvin, Kyle Klein, James, Kyle, yeah, everyone's registered for it right now. Pretty much. I really hope that event goes forward. I would love to see that. Yeah. And President's Cup should be happening as well. Yeah. If this event does go forward. Yeah. So, I would really like to see the it as President's well. President's Cup. That's a fun one. It's presented by Discmania, PDGA, the city of Nokia, and Ford. Ford Tough. All right, we have the OTB <laughs> Open coming nice. up this weekend. Uh, be sure to tune in on Thursday. We'll be publishing our OTB Open preview, giving you all the stats and information you need to get ready to watch that tournament, the next Pro Tour event, and also the next USDGC qualifier, as I previously said. And we'll also be updating the uh, pro the Grip Locked Power Rankings following that on next Monday's show. So be sure to tune into both of those, and we will talk to you all on Thursday. Thursday.